Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. I feel like it's been quite a while since we've had a Q&A. And I also feel that... Um, I need to just take a moment before I go into the questions that have been sent in to address some changes that have been happening in the greater world, um, because I feel I've been absent in having my voice there. Uh, I've sort of stepped back from social media a little bit just because there's some things going on in my family that require my time and attention. So I've had to kind of uh, scale back on my business to to be a, a helper and a caregiver, and that all happened when the Middle East exploded with um, with war. So I'm sorry I haven't been a support, and I feel like I do want to say something. I'm not a. I, I don't want to get into politics, but again, this podcast is about parenting and about Adlerian principles. And so I will say this, which is that whenever these times in history happen, I think back to Adler and his original. Uh, motivation for his philosophical work and how he developed his theories and his philosophy for living, which was because he was somebody who witnessed war. He was of Jewish descent, and he uh, really could see that humankind was never going to get to peacefulness and cooperation if we didn't learn to get along with each other with our differences. And that primary principle that we are social equals, that everybody deserves to be treated with respect and dignity, that we learn we need to learn to cooperate. And the ironclad logic of social living, that's one of his terms, where he said, when you oppress a people, they will eventually rise up from that oppression. And when they rise up from that oppression, they become 
forgetful of how awful it is to be oppressed. And rather than being cooperative, they tend to dominate and become the new person who has the power and they oppress the next group or the group back. And so we get into this teeter-totter effect. And so trying to share power and live respectfully, cooperatively, egalitarianly amongst one another is the challenge of our times. And it starts in our families. And it's why I'm passionate about my work. <laughs> because we see that it, uh, the family is the, the first social institution that you're born into. And then it's your usually your daycare school nursery environment and then your local community and then your province or your country and it grows until it becomes the whole world and it's all mankind and all inclusive and for all the things that we get busy with this is our primary task as parents to use our families as the training ground to show our children how to get along with each other uh, and with us so I'm just so committed to my work when I see what's happening around the world. And I am sorry for all miscarriages of justice. So that's all ended on that. Let me get to the questions. As, as we see people trying to struggle to be very um, eager to learn how exactly to do that because they like the ideas, but then what does it look like in everyday life and family life? And um, so I'll get started here. Hi, Allison. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you so much. I look forward to your Q&As and I trust your advice so much. So thank you for that. Um, I have a kindergartner who doesn't want to go to school. Every night he has a bit of a meltdown telling us he doesn't want to go. We encourage him and love him and we try to stay positive and move on. Then when he wakes up, we go through another meltdown. Sometimes meltdowns will include him complaining about his clothes or his hair or you name it. He finds something. He tells us he misses us and he doesn't have any friends. He is super sweet and sensitive kiddo, maybe a bit on the shy side, but overall he's kind and friendly. His teacher says he's fine at school and plays with people. The meltdowns are very draining, especially in the morning when it slows us down and we are all trying to get out the door. How do I make sure he is truly okay and what can I do to encourage him and stop the meltdowns? I don't believe it's all for attention. I genuinely worry. As he says, he is being left out in the center time as um, asks kids to play and they say no. He also seems to have this idea that you have to be asked by someone to be friends and they must agree. Help. Thanks so much from Tennessee. Okay. A couple things here. Um, when I hear, is he truly okay? I picked up on that line because what can happen is when we as parents have any hesitancy and we're not fully assured of ourselves, kids just seem to pick up on that and we tend to get them developing some some, some symptom sprouts. They'll, they'll work that a little bit. Our insecurities about whether or not what they're saying is true or not true, we're a little wobbly about that and they sense that and they can work that a little bit harder. So that's one thing. Um, so we want you getting really confident because it's really hard to parent uh, and really execute if you yourself are not sure. And I don't want you to not be sure because it makes it really hard to apply discipline practices. So how can we get you feeling confident that he's okay at school? 
first thing I would do is I would say, speak to the teacher. Now you say that you have, and the teacher says he's friendly and he gets along with others. And I'm, she's a professional. I don't know how many years she's been teaching. Um, but if you don't have confidence in her report, I would say maybe you need a different teacher. Uh, but I, I really trust that the experienced teachers that have been working with kids are watching a lot of these things. They're seeing dynamics. They know the kids that are struggling and they know the ones that are, are, are fine. Now, when he says um, that he is being left out in the center, when he asks people to say and they say no, well, you know what? That could be that one time he said, can you pass me the truck or can I come paint? And one time one person said no. And that happens. These are little kids socializing. Do you want to play with me? No. Can I come play in the center? No. You're going to hear that. Those are the knocks of life. And that's what kindergarten is about. It's about learning how to make friends, lose friends, get in the game, get out of the game, be nice. So these are all the lessons that are, that, that are learned in the sandbox of life. And so, yeah, is he going to have some some knocks? Is he going to have some some tough days? Is he trying to figure it all out? Yeah, he's on a he's on a learning curve. He's on a friendship learning curve, and that's why when he says that he thinks that he needs to ask someone to be friends and they have to say yes, um, he hasn't figured out how it all goes yet. So I would talk to him about friendship, and I would buy um, little story tales about. A friendship, you know, Winnie the Pooh makes a friend, Franklin makes a friend, you know, whoever Thomas the Tank makes a friend. There's tons and tons and tons of childhood stories about how to make friends, how to treat friends, what is a good friend. And think about why there's so many of those titles. Because age developmentally and appropriately, kids, this is exactly when he should be figuring this out. So if you want him to have a perfect day with no friendship kerfuffles, I think that is unrealistic that this is the 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 bog of of figuring out the messiness of life and i believe that he can absolutely manage you haven't told me anything about his exceptionalities one way or another developmentally that would make me think that he would have a challenge that can't be fixed by putting in some time and learning in the in the sandbox of life about that with a little coaching at home from from mom so he's given you a, a real hard time about going to school. And I think that's a little bit more um, frequent with kids during COVID that did spend a lot more time with their parents. And they are a little rusty and they're a little developmentally delayed on the being away for so many hours and being with other people for so many hours. But I think the way to think about it is when he's out there, he's working hard. He's working hard to listen. He's working hard to behave. He's working hard to make friends. He's working really hard. He's going to a job. He's going to the job of life of a child. And he's waking up in the morning and he's kind of saying, I don't want to go do my job. I'd rather do my PS4 and hang out with my parents, which is, of course, lovely. But, you know, that's a little bit like saying, you know, my preferred breakfast isn't something healthy and nutritious. It's going to help me grow. I'd rather have a Tootsie Roll. So what a child wants and what they protest and what they complain about doesn't necessarily mean that something is wrong and we don't need to cave into that. So I think that you've got to trust your spy. You've you got you to trust the teacher. Uh, you have to have a faith in his ability to manage the challenges of life and to know that this is practice time for him, important practice time. And he kind of doesn't want to go to practice time because it's a whole lot of work. Um, so in the mornings with your calm confidence that, you know what, 
Sometimes it's hard to go to school. Sometimes it's hard to make friends. Sometimes we get invited to, to play with others and sometimes they say no. And sometimes we get invited to birthday parties and sometimes we don't. But school's where we need to be. And you can go have a good day or you can go have a bad day. I'm not really sure how you'll work that out. But, you know, I know it's up to you. And I'm sorry you're feeling so discouraged about it right now. But I'm, um, I know you're up for the task. And so we just want to send a lot of encouraging messages about that. And so the idea kind of is he has the right to be upset and you have the right to not be upset by his upsetness. And you're basically saying you can go have a bad day or go have a good day. That's up to you. And you can get into the car happy or you can get into the car crying. That's up to you. And you can walk to the car holding my hand or you can go kicking and screaming and I'll just pick you up. But I'll always give you the choice. You know, it's time to go to school. Do you want to go crying or do you do you want to um, go singing a song? Can you walk to the car on your own or do I need to pick you up? But you keep furthering the action and you don't get dysregulated by their dysregulation. I think in terms of trying to like reduce the size of the blowout, we always look at like intensity, duration and frequency to see whether or not we're being effective. And he probably does because he's young, needs some co-regulation, but I'm not going to get, I'm not going to go overboard. I'm not going to get drawn into his drama, but I might say something like, I know some days are harder than others. I'm sure you'll work it out. So you want to be compassionate without completely falling into his narrative, pulling you in, feeling sorry for him, feeling bad for him, wondering if you've made the right decision, wondering whether or not he can handle this or not. Um, having this quiet little narrative that says maybe my my kid is is in a bad situation and I've given them more of a challenge than they can handle. He's looking at you to see whether or not it's more of a challenge than he can handle. And you want to be reflecting back. You can manage. You're, you, you can you can. I believe in you. And so I would go with that kind of a mindset and keep checking in with the teacher and keep teaching him and educating him about friendships and um, knowing that, yeah, it's tumultuous. It's tumultuous. And he's figuring it out. And um, don't get too drawn into the tears. A lot of the times kids learn, if I come home and tell you I had a good day at school, the conversations open over in two minutes. If I come home and tell you I had a terrible day and no one played with me and and the teacher did this and and I start to complain, then you stop everything you're doing and you start going, what happened? Tell me that. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, oh, oh. If the energy increases around the complaining, protesting type behaviors and the happy, um, you know, positive emotions get kind of passed over quickly kids kind of learn that the squeaky wheel gets greased and gets more time and attention. So I just want to watch out for that one. Um, yeah. So good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. Um, early days, he's got a long school career ahead of him. And um, I believe that once he settles into figuring out a few friendships, and um, I think that you're going to see that school is where you go because you love to make your friends. You love to be with your friends. You want to be with friends. And once he gets that piece a little bit more polished in his mind, I think a lot of this will probably settle itself down. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Next question. Hello, Allison. Looking for some advice on my daughters aged 10 and 12 who have started fighting a lot more recently. Uh, A little bit of the background. My 12-year-old has a more active social circle, often hanging out with friends, sleepovers, etc. Her personal interests are linked to skincare and makeup and occasionally TikTok dances. Nothing I'm too worried about. She is also a competitive athlete, babysitter, and on her school um, student council. My 10-year-old has friends, but they're less around, meaning there's no consistent playdates or sleepovers. She has different interests than her sisters. She's smart and generous and more introverted. She also plays sports. My observations over the past three years was that my 10-year-old resents the natural individuating her older sister has exhibited, uh, made worse during COVID, when my older daughter could arrange outdoor social interactions while my younger was heartbreakingly socially isolated. I think my younger daughter felt she lost her older sister, i.e. the original buddy and play friend, to my 12-year-old's now more important social group of friends. But the optic has really been in the past nine months or so. They fight very often and say very mean things to one another. I hate you. Uh, That is not acceptable language in our family, and they know that. I will note that they still do have some good times, fooling around and laughing with my six-year-old son, who's often in the mix as well. But the fighting is almost daily, sometimes more. I've listened to your advice on sibling rivalry, watched out for the usefulness of the behavior, the angel versus devil rules. I do see it. They have subtle competition for my husband and mine's validation, and each of them wanting to be the preferred child, which we do not perpetuate. We've tried to employ the tactics of generally staying out of their disagreements. Uh, If it really escalates, we give them consequences for both. And... The uh, remark, the I don't want to be near that energy. If you guys want to speak to each other uh, disrespectfully, we we don't condone that and take your argument elsewhere. That said, they're still fighting a lot and I don't feel like we are gaining traction. I'm wondering if I'm not employing the right tactics or perhaps not employing them properly or consistently enough. How can we do better? Thanks as always for your advice. As you uh, may have gathered, I'm a loyal listener and appreciate your words to help families. Well, thank you, first of all, for um, being uh, somebody who's, I don't like the word fan, somebody who is also very interested in Adlerian concepts and you're on this journey with me. And I can tell from the way you've written this and by the techniques that you've already employed that you really uh, are working working the, the theory. A couple things here. Um, sometimes when we work the theory, we think that if we do it right and we do it perfectly, we do it exactly how it's supposed to be laid out, that our conflict is going to go to zero. That is not a, um, accurate, uh, conclusion that if I do this all right, my kids will get along and be perfect human beings. That is, that is not true at all. That, um, the girls themselves are going to decide how much they are willing to cooperate and and be in conflict with one another. What I love is that you've reduced all the added 
um, secondary gains that come with why conflict might be something of interest to them. But it could be right now that um, they're just, <laughs> to your point, has nothing to do with you and how you parent them. It, I think that your assessment that the younger one is feeling like she lost her bestie and she might be saying, oh, everything that you do comes so easy to you and it's so hard for me. And, you know, there's a little kind of hidden jealousy animosity happening there. And the older sister is just tired of the pestering and the bothersome about that. And she's sort of like wanting to be moved on to her mature friend group. And it's sort of like, oh, God, you're like socially to to, to have a, a needy younger sister who kind of like buzzes around. You're like, oh, you're killing my social status. So these are immature thinkings of, of young adolescents. And likely they will pass if you do indeed continue doing what you're doing, which is uh, not giving it any more mind than letting it being between the two of them. I think you're handling it just right. I might just say two more little pieces of advice. One is because you were so accurate, I think, I think in naming what the dynamic is, I, I really given the information you're sharing, I'm right on board with you. I think you did a really great assessment of this. But sometimes the assessment can be shared with the kids. And you could talk to that younger daughter and say, you know, could it be that it's just sort of, and I always say, could it be? Because I never want to tell kids what they're thinking or doing. I just, I'm just, I'm making guesses and seeing whether or not they say that, yeah, you know what, you're sniffing up the right tree. I think you're onto something there. That is how I feel. Let me say, you know, could it be that it's just been a really hard time for you because your sister's seemingly leaving you behind and moving on to these other friends and doesn't give you the time of day as much as she used to. And maybe it feels like you're losing a friend because um, that would be sad, wouldn't it? I, I'd be angry. Would You'd feel like you're less important and that, that'd make you be angry, jealous, upset. So I would I would just check that out and then um, maybe help her normalize that. You know, it doesn't mean she doesn't like you. You guys play together all the time. Just because her world interests are drawing her to her friend group doesn't mean you guys can't make some special time or still come up with some special traditions that you have together. Um, you know, you could talk to her about that. So I'm not going to carry the message, but I might also say to the older sister, you know, I'm wondering what it might be like, you know, you're, you've got all this group of friends and, and you've always been outgoing. It's always come easy to you and your sister's more introverted. And I think maybe the pandemic made that harder on introverts who didn't have people around them and she probably sees you. Um, as one of her besties who's now got conflicting uh, uses of, of time with some other important people. And she might feel a little just uh, unimportant or a little maybe tossed aside maybe. And uh, might be why she's kind of giving you a hard time. I, I wonder if that's something you might want to check out with her and give her some reassurance that, you know, while you have other interests and you don't do life the same, that you still, you know, want to make some time to make sure that that relationship still stays intact. Um, cause otherwise it's just going to be a lot of fighting. Um, from what I know, people don't like fighting. Fighting doesn't make anyone feel good. You know, when babies are in incubators in, in the, in the nursery at a hospital and one starts to cry, they all start to cry cause they all get sympathetic. No one likes stress and strain. They don't like it. People don't like it. We're not meant to be in that state. So, you know, I wonder if, if talking and reaching out to your sister and reassuring her, maybe setting up some routines and some rituals to show that that relationship still is meaningful. Although you might not give it the same amount of time and attention, it still doesn't mean that it's not that she's unimportant to you. I wonder if that would change the weather of the relationship. And then after that, you've done, you've done what you need to do. 
And those two are going to have to negotiate that relationship. And you can be doing all your good parenting and they could go through some rough waters together, but pop out the other side um, in a much healthier place than if you didn't have this training and you were getting into their business and you did tip the scales of favoritism um, or, or punishing one and not the other and some of the other classic parenting mistakes that create animosity between kids. You're not doing any of those things. So yeah, they're you know they're going to have a rough patch. They'll decide how intense, how long. Um, but it sounds like they've got all the skills, and they just um, might need like a little bit of a coaching from the sideline about what might be going on with each other that might help them understand what's leading to some of these negative feelings and give them a, a little opportunity to have some insight and see whether or not they might see things a little differently. But um, yeah, you might have a couple years of teens who bother each other. And uh, certainly my daughters talk about that was the teen years and the change of friend groups that, and, and the pesty younger sister and the like all that played out. And they're best of friends now. Best, best, best of friends. So if you can hang in there, I have great faith that this is all going to work out for you. So congratulations on having your parent education there for you to know that you're doing right by your kids and their development. So all right. Thank you for the questions. Everyone, please stay safe, stay strong, be kind to one another, and we'll catch you next time on the podcast. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.